Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show, live on this Tuesday evening, coming off of, unfortunately, a Falcons loss last night. But fear not, it's only preseason, and we've got one more of these coming up on Saturday. Going to be a busy week for the Falcons. I mean, joint practices, a game on Saturday, cuts next Tuesday. We've got a few cuts here today. And to help us sort it all out, let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, joining us. She, of course, covers all things Atlanta Falcons at atlantafalcons.com. And, of course, follow Tori on her Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney. And, Tori, as always, thanks for a few minutes with us here uh, tonight, which, you know, wasn't a, uh, a good second half for the Falcons, but I certainly think there were plenty of positives to take away from last night. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm not overly worried about preseason records. Uh, I know that everybody did watch that second half and hated it, as you should. It wasn't good. But for me personally, I look more at over the course of joint practice and then the game that we saw on Monday night, I'm looking more at individual work and who, what type of evaluations this coaching staff is getting on the individuals almost more so than what they're getting for the team at large. And that's kind of where I'm at. I think it was really interesting to see how much work we got to see the first team offense and defense get against uh, the Jets number twos. But I think overall, I'm not ready to just like burn the whole place down because the second half went the way it did. I mean, I think like when you run Felipe Franks out there and this is a guy who has played 80% of his training camp reps at tight end, you get what you get. So I'm probably going to jump all over the place in this interview because I'm kind of like you. I've got all kinds of thoughts going through my head. Let's start with, I thought the running game took a step backward last night, though. And if you look at the running backs, take away Franks' yards on the ground, running backs barely averaged three yards a carry, only a long of eight. thought they really did some good work in the first game of the preseason. Even the quarterback runs aside, I thought the running backs did well. But I didn't think they did so well. And I know the Jets, you know, have this good defensive front, but those guys didn't play last night. Were the coaches kind of disappointed, even though they kept it, you know, the same kind of very much pass to run balance here in week two? At, you know, were they disappointed in the run game as well? I don't think disappointed would, would be the right word. I'm sure they would want more production, but I think when you look at it, it's not. I know we're getting to see, we got to see more of Tyler Algier, and I think. I use Tyler as a good example as to what he did in both the run and pass game. I, I wasn't overly upset that the Falcons were averaging that type of yardage in terms of the run game. But it, I think, too, 
looking at what was a, what was able to happen against Detroit the week before and how many times we saw Marcus and Desmond take off for six or seven yards a chunk uh, when they scrambled, I think you have to take that into consideration. And I think that that was something that I'm not entirely sure Arthur Smith wanted to see from these quarterbacks. I think he wanted to see them stay in the pocket a little bit longer and, and move the ball downfield through the air. So in terms of the the running game and, and the productivity of the running backs, it wasn't a huge deal that we didn't see, I think, the production that we saw from the week before. thought both quarterbacks looked sharp. And, you know, I read some of your comments talking about Felipe Franks. We're going to talk about him in, in just a minute here, but – thought Mariota led some good drives. I thought Desmond Ritter did some good things as well. Um, you know, it was good to see them get a little bit of, of kind of pass-oriented and try to push the ball downfield. It felt like that there was some more of that conscious kind of effort in this game is to try to design some plays to get the ball going downfield further. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that we we really did see them staying in there in the pocket a little bit longer. I thought pass pro looked at, pretty good, especially with the first and second team. I, I know you had some procedural penalties and stuff and some holding, which that in and of itself needs to be cleaned up, obviously. Arthur Smith talked a lot about that post game, But for the most part, I thought pass pro held up fairly well. And I think that allowed Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota to have the time in the pocket and the, the 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 receiving yards that they did was because of that. And so I think if you're taking something good out of that game, it, it was that even with, you know, the, you were talking about the, the Jets defensive front, even those reserves are, are some pretty good reserves in terms of what you're going to see across the league. So for that reason, I was pleased with what we saw from Marcus and Desmond, of course, talking about the procedural penalties, those have got to be cleaned up. And, and I think talking to Arthur Smith postgame and then Scott Bear talking to Desmond Ritter postgame, they know that. That, that, that. That's not what they want. Arthur Smith doesn't like that at all. He's said as much multiple times. If you saw him on the sidelines, he didn't like it. So there are some things to be cleaned up. But in terms of, I think, just the, the tempo, the timing of the passes, the routes and the conceptions, I think all of that looks pretty good, especially in that first half. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline as we look back to last night's loss against the New York Jets. Let's talk about that offensive line. Let's start first because my big thing that I think we're trying to figure out at this point is Hennessy or Dahlman starting at center. Do you think anybody did themselves better than the other? We saw any kind of separation. I mean, I do understand that this thing is going to go all the way through the preseason and probably into week one of the regular season trying to figure out who's going to be the starter. But did you get any sense of one guy maybe pulling in front of the other from last night? To be honest, no. I know that there was, you know, we talked about those procedural penalties in uh, the second quarter. And last night, Drew Dahlman worked with the first team and Marcus Mariota and Matt Hennessy worked with Desmond Ritter, which is opposite what it was in Detroit. And I, I think that is really, I, I, I feel the need to point that out because I think you're exactly right when you're saying, like, this is a situation, this is a competition that's going to go all the way to week one. I 100% believe that to be true. Every single day of training camp of this preseason, it's Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahman switching off every single day. And so I think this coaching staff, they've said from the get-go that they want a fair evaluation of those two guys working with the first team. However, 
I don't know. I, I, for me personally, it's like they are so neck and neck and so close that I haven't really seen someone pull away with the job. Uh, now, we have a really big week of two joint practices with the Jaguars and then, of course, the game coming up this weekend. This is a huge week for those two guys because you do have to make a decision. By the time you get to week one, you really need to know who that core group of offensive linemen is going to be. And the only one that's really up, the only spot that's really up for grabs at this point is that center position. So this is a big week for Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy. I wasn't really surprised by some of the cuts. I mean, I've talked to some people about, you know, I really like Auden Tate. I like his skill set, but he just wasn't getting a lot of things done in camp in the preseason, just not separating himself. So wasn't really surprised by anything. Do you think that there is going to be a name or two that surprises us a week from now when we get down to the final 53, or you think we have a pretty clear picture about what this roster is going to be? I think it's fairly clear. There are about five or six names that I, I go back and forth on, but I think the best example is you look at this wide receiver room, and I think from for the last two weeks, I feel like that room in and of itself is kind of where a lot of my 53-man roster questions lie because let's say they carry five receivers. You know Drake London, Alameda Zacchaeus, and Brian Edwards are locks, those three. So let's say if they carry five, you have two spots remaining. Who are those two that you carry? Well, I thought, you know, you had you you really kind of had a list of guys that I felt were all kind of right in there. You had Kadero Hodge, Jameer Bird, Frank Darby, uh, Jared Bernhardt is is kind of wiggling his way through through the bottom of that conversation. And then you had Geronimo Allison and Auden Tate, who I also thought particularly Allison was in that conversation. Those two guys, Allison and Tate, got cut today. So now you're looking at this wide receiver group that you have four or five guys who are maybe fighting for two spots. I talk about the competition between Drew Dahman and Matt Hennessy. The wide receiver room and who makes the 53-man cut down is almost just as competitive. Tori, I think the Falcons have a bit of a quandary coming up on Saturday, and, and maybe you can clear this up you know, with all your insider information that you have compared to me, but... You know, you feel like Saturday, ideally, you don't play Mariota. You would start Ritter, but you're not going to ask him to go an entire game. And you so meaning that the only other quarterback is Franks. But to me, after what we saw out of Felipe Franks last night, to me, he's going to either make this 53-man roster because he is a tight end, but he didn't get any targets last night. And you, I think you have to play that balancing game of, not trying to put him out in a bad situation where he gets clobbered out there then ask him to go play quarterback. It just seems like a little bit of an awkward situation. I guess one is, do we kind of expect Mariota to even play in game three? Is Franks going to make the 53-man roster? And how do you balance out the way your quarterbacks are when one of those guys is your emergency, second or third tight end, whatever, I mean, it just seems like it's a bit of a quandary at the Falcons' face trying to wrap up this preseason Saturday. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you at all. The whole Felipe Franks narrative, let's use the word narrative. Uh, Arthur Smith probably wouldn't like that, but I'm going to use it anyways. The Felipe Franks narrative, conundrum, whatever you want to call it, is very confusing to me. And I say this because throughout all of training camp, 
we saw him take, I would say, 80 to 85% of his reps and his snaps at tight end. He was never really in that rotation at quarterback. He would come in sparingly, but it wasn't until we did get closer to the first preseason game that we even saw him take any significant reps at quarterback. And even then, it was kind of just in seven on seven. So that, to me, kind of pointed to like, oh, Felipe is honestly, like if you're talking about like converting, like in my head, he had converted to a tight end and he was just kind of thrown out to play quarterback when Desmond and Marcus needed to rest their arms for a series or whatever. But then you get to the Detroit game and we don't really see him at tight end. We see him play some special teams, but that was kind of it. He doesn't play quarterback. We really didn't see him hardly at all. And so going into the joint practices with the Jets, you saw him take more and more reps at quarterback. And then, of course, we saw him come in and halfway through the third quarter at quarterback and not really have a ton of reps at tight end on Monday night against the Jets either. So I'm really confused because the Felipe Franks that we saw the first two weeks of training camp is not the Felipe Franks that we've seen the last two weeks who's been playing, he's been playing more quarterback. So when it comes to this third preseason game, I would love to see Felipe in that tight end role because he has been doing some good things in training camp at that position. I really don't care to see him at quarterback, especially after what we saw in the second half on Monday night. But you also don't want to overwork Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. So it's so, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know kind of what this, third game this third preseason game looks like for the Falcons because so much of it hinges on what you want to see Felipe Franks do because I feel like maybe like I don't know if I put him in the 53-man roster as a quarterback but maybe I put him in the 53-man roster as a tight end just because for what he did in the first two weeks of camp but to be honest I don't know what the heck they're doing with him at this point there's so many questions that I have about what his role is and where they see it fitting in in the 53-man roster, plus what they want to do in the third preseason game against the Jags. I'm very, very confused. <laughs> so last question, Tori, because I'm with you. I, I, I'll be honest with you. My, my gut tells me he's going to be back on the practice squad when all is said and done, but we'll, we'll, we'll get a clearer picture next week. But with that, one of the things I was curious to see is whether or not the Falcons – would have cut down to 78 or 79 today to get a roster spot or two open because you and I have talked about they have some cap space. Um, you know, we're getting to a point where I, I do think they want to add to this roster, either offensive line or defensive line. And yep. I wondered about whether or not they would want to bring somebody in before they get into this final preseason game. What do you kind of think the where we're at as far as bringing in some more guys and, and taking a look at it and adding somebody. Do you think that comes after preseason, after camp, after we get to the 53? Or do you think that it could even be, you know, over the weekend after the preseason game and they get back here and they have to do some last-minute evaluations on some guys? Yeah, so the way that I look at this, I, and I'll use the defensive line as an example. The defensive line has been just – bitten and ridden with the injury bug as we know there's been a lot of injuries across that defensive line we literally saw last night Jalen Dalton who was really also I felt fighting for a roster spot we saw him go in there with the the ones and the twos and have a rotational role and on along the defensive interior he gets hurt last night he's waived 
this this today this afternoon and so for this position group to me I think if you're the Falcons you have your eyes on every single defensive lineman that is going to be cut from another team in the league when we get to the 53-man cut down I think you have to reinforce the depth across the defensive interior because of what's happened this preseason with the injuries accumulating the way that they have. Now, do you do that before you get to the 53-man cut down and you bring in some guys in, or do you wait and do it after so that you have kind of a whole plethora of guys to choose from? I personally think that it's okay to wait until after the, the league cut down on August 30th um, you have a, you're a week away. I think you can use this week to evaluate, continue to evaluate the guys that you do have. So guys like an Abdullah Anderson, is he somebody who you think you can keep along that defensive interior to act as a depth piece? Or do you wait and you get that? I think you wait, you get that evaluation and then you see what guys become available after the fifth three-man cutdown? Because I think that position group, you have to bring in reinforcements in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And I think the way to do that is to see who falls off the bubble elsewhere. Follow her on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. Of course, she covers Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. She's at Yankees game. She's at Harry Styles concert. She's a woman <laughs> about town. So, Tori, as always, we appreciate a few minutes from you, and we will chat again here soon. Can't wait. Always looking forward to it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports right now to the game in the Odyssey.com app. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.